Hello, it's not another triathlon podcast from British Triathlon. I'm Mark Shardlow. And I'm Daniel Ward. And this is the podcast featuring staff and members of British Triathlon to get you in the best possible shape on the start line. Today, we are looking at people going from one sport to three. Our guests include a 74-year-old who swapped from running to triathlon and is planning to become a record breaker later this year. And I've had a lovely chat with a swimmer who was on the same team as Becky Adlington at the Delhi Commonwealth Games and who's just got the triathlon bug. You do get early access to this podcast if you're a British triathlon member, so come and be part of the family. The details of different types of memberships are all on the British Triathlon website. Daniel, I just want to remind everyone about yourself that you're known as Triathlon Dan on YouTube and lots of people have been following your story out there and I know after some early season niggles uh, we're going to say congratulations to you because you just smashed the outlaw half in Nottingham. Thanks very much Mark. I think I'm known as lots of things, some good, some bad but yes, just completed the outlaw half Nottingham and I know lots of other British triathlon members did do the race as well. For those that don't know what it is, it's a middle distance triathlon so it's a 1.2 mile swim a 56-mile bike ride, and then a 13.1-mile half-marathon run. I did not win, but I did get a medal and a T-shirt, so that was a good day out for me. And what was the secret? How come, like, on the day, after, you know, all your trials and tribulations and all the years you've been putting into triathlon, that you managed to smash it on that day? I think it's a many-year process of practising and failing and trialling and making errors. Some days it just comes together, and for me, that very race this year, it all just came together. I wouldn't be able to put my finger on one specific thing that came to that, but just doing lots of triathlon has helped <laughs> teach me what, what's right, what's wrong. Well, competing, competing, competing. A mixture of everything. Competing, training in clubs, training with groups, watching triathlon, just being entirely obsessed with the sport adds to the you know to the to the growth that I've had in the sport. And now you know that at the start of the year that I was going to try and uh, do my my first proper triathlon and uh, I was going to get some tips from you. I've been following you on YouTube and, and I was ready to smash it. But I've had a very different experience. Uh, my wife's been long-term ill. She sadly died in March and I've found just getting out the door really difficult over the last few weeks. I don't know what, what you think. I mean, I know that running or swimming or biking is going to be great for both my mental and physical health, but I've really, really struggled well, firstly, I probably speak for myself and for all the listeners. Sorry to hear, hear about your loss. In terms of the actual sport approach, I find that the hard, and people often say this, the hardest part, particularly about running, is putting your trainers on. The hardest part about cycling is getting your bike out. And the hardest part about swimming is getting to the pool or getting to the lake. I find making really small targets that you're likely to absolutely smash. So something as silly as, I'm going to lace my trainers up and I'm going to jog three lampposts down the street. I hope, and you're very capable to do that, going out and doing something like that, you're exceeding your expectations and build upon that. So I'd set yourself some real small targets that might seem really silly and trivial, but go and do them and exceed them. And I think you always go from strength to strength, but get that first part done, lace your trainers up, get your helmet on your bike out or get to the pool. One discipline at a time then. Yes, it can be quite overwhelming, can't it, to try and nail all three at once. So I'd pick one that perhaps the weather's good, so you might want to go out on your bike and you might want to, there's a personal tip, plan a nice cafe stopping somewhere. So even if it's just a ride to the nearest cafe to your house, have a coffee and a cake and then ride home, that could be a good target. Okay, right, we're going to go to our first guest now. And today we're looking at going from one sport to three. 
Yes, I've read Alex's bio and I'm really excited to meet him. So this member was a runner who in his 60s began picking up injuries. He fell into triathlon. He did his first one in 2012, the Derby Sprint, cycling with trainers, mudguards, lights and a bell. And now at 74, he's training for his first Ironman. Welcome, Alex Heron. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. I'm sorry to hear your news, by the way. That's, uh, that's dreadful. Well, thank you, Alex. But we want to hear about your journey and your journey into triathlon. And I said in the intro that you were something of a runner. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, I've never been any good. I mean, I'm still ranked. Uh, I think in the over seventy uh, uh, running league in the UK, I'm ranked about 150. You know, there's guys over 70 who can run uh, a cross country route or say a 10k, 10 minutes faster than I can but they can't swim or they can't ride a bike or whatever it is. So uh, for me, it was going uh, to do something which was just to keep fit, just to get out, just to actually, funnily enough, almost meditate a bit. So I used to, when I was a teacher years ago, I used to I used to have to take assemblies and stuff for the school and I'd go out running and I'd actually compose the assembly while I was running. But as you, as you said earlier on, uh, yeah, in, in my early 60s, um, I started picking up a few injuries and I just thought, oh, you'll get, you're too old. You know, you uh, just go swimming, get an old man's bike and bottle about. And uh, you know, I met the triathletes that way because I was swimming, swim, swimming in the lake, unbeknown to me. Um, the local farmer had a lake and I said, you know, all right, if I swim there, she said, yeah, fine. And one day the, I was arrested by the triathletes who said, you can't swim in this lake or words to that effect. And um, we met, for, we went from there on in. So, Alex, prior to swimming in this farmer's lake, did you have any yeah. swimming or cycling background? I had cycled from John O'Goats to Land's End a couple of years earlier. Uh, I bought a bike for that purpose. As a child, I was brought up on a farm in Northern Ireland with a 600-acre freshwater lake right in front of me. I couldn't swim properly, though. I used to dog paddle when I was seven, but my swimming's adequate. My bike is the weak bit. And my run is a strong bit. So you were swimming in this farmer's lake. The triathlon club turn up and yeah. tell you you're not supposed to be swimming there and you, you need to join them if so. That's right. How pivotal was that in your swimming? Did they help you? Was it beneficial? In the sense that I suppose, I mean, I always swam in the lake anyway because it was nothing to do with the tri club. But uh, then I started going to the pool sessions. God knows how, but all these years, I hadn't even realised park runners started. So going into the tri club brought that whole world of actually age group competition that's revolutionized uh involvement in sport what are the challenges alex for, for for you at the moment i mean you're you're 74 going on 75 um training wise i mean dan's sitting there in his 30s i'm yeah. sort of nearer your age and i'm thinking like how will i have to adapt as i get older training not very much if you're lucky i am for some reason pretty injury proof i mean that's a contradiction in the sense that it was injuries that brought me into try but i'm pretty injury proof nearly everything i've done to myself is self-inflicted so i can feel the bike crash in my neck and right shoulder uh, and stuff like that i kind of specialize in sprint and middle distance because i'm mixing those two distances which require a different kind of thing one in quite requires endurance planning uh, nutrition pace judgment all those things whereas sprint is I love sprint really because it involves a lot of fast thinking, getting it on the nail, you know, and the speed isn't it? you just go flat out. I tend to train six times a week in each discipline. One of those is an inter interval session, and then the other 
training session will be a long endurance uh, session. I've changed that slightly now because obviously the focus is, uh, is Ironman Wales, which I have absolutely no confidence that I will finish in the 17 hours. I and mean, it's pretty, the pace is pretty tight on the bike. No problem with the swim. You'll be out the swim in, it's two hours 20, I think. Uh, I'll be out the swim in, uh, I don't know, 140, 130. But the cutoff for the bike is 10 and a half hours. And that's, that's 21, 22 kph over 6,000 odd feet of climbing. Going to be tricky. Once you get the bike cut off, fine. There is something special in 10B, Alex. I've been lucky enough to, yeah. to finish Amarwells twice. Yeah. And what, what isn't written down and what you can't quantify is the support on course. And genuinely, that is worth so much yeah. in time, in motivation. I believe in you. Genuinely, you go through some villages and towns yeah. and they're obsessed with it. They're all on the end of the drive. There's tractors park up with people sat in the buckets. Yeah. It's completely crazy. I would at least add like 10% to whatever your expected really? performance yeah. is. Just because of that race day boards, there's nothing quite yeah. like it. Well, that'll do. 10% is probably enough. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, let's have a quick look at your triathlon journey then. So your first sprint try in 2012, and now we're in 2023 talking about I'm on Wales. Yeah. Fill in the gaps for me. What was that first sprint try like? Oh, and how have you progressed through the sport since crikey. then? Crikey. Swimming is always the problem because, you know, you get that, you know, you've got that adrenaline for your race, especially your first race. You set off, it's a 400 meter, Darby's a 400 meter pool sprint. I, I was blown at 200, absolutely blown. I had to stop at the end of the pool and, go, <laughs> and sort of like, can I, can I do this, you know? And I got back in, I did the other 200 and then it was kind of okay once you're on the bike. And, and actually, Derby try, I won and a couple of guys said, oh, you should join the tri club, you should do this, that and the other. And I did a bit and they said, well, you know, the world championships are in London. I said, that'd be stupid. I said, World Championship in London this year. And I, so I had a look at the times that they guys were doing. And I looked at them and I thought, eh, well, it's kind of doable. So I did a couple of um, qualifiers, didn't get anywhere. And I qualified, uh, I think it was in Clandudno or somewhere like that. A real jellyfish, dangerous downhill bike swim around the worm, uh, the bike section down the worm. Uh, I think I came in fourth and qualified. So then I was, got my place in London. Uh, and London, I mean, London was funny. I set off down there and got my new tri bike. I was all ready to go. It was pouring. I was going to say the wrong word there. It was pouring with rain. I came in a lap early on the bike because I, I thought I'd done it. And I got all the way back into the transition and they sent me out again, back out onto the course, <laughs> did the other lap. Anyway, I think I finished up 25th overall. I was quite pleased with that, really. And uh, then I went, I, I continued, went on to Edmonton the next year and I came. 11th, I think, in the sprint, 7th in the aquathon. I've never medaled at World. I've medaled at European Sprint in Glasgow and um, uh, European Middle Distance uh, in Ibiza and uh, Targamuros and places like that. But I'm tending, I mean, this year's Ironman year, so I'm really not doing any internationals at all. Alex, what did it mean to you to wear the GB t-shirt? Oh, <laughs> I've always, all my life, I've wanted to wear a GBR tri-suit, track suit for something. But I knew it was never going to happen. I, I, I got fairly, fairly well up in the world of paramotoring, which is basically a, a paraglider floating about in the sky with a lawnmower engine on its back. And, and then, yeah, triathlon came along. And I thought, oh, yeah, I might eventually get this, uh, this GBR uh, tracksuit bum, you know. So, yeah, that, I was really chuffed about that. 
Um, I think I think I even wore it in my first local triathlon, which is absolutely no no. No, I think you're absolutely sure. And you've demonstrated the difficulty of qualifying by doesn't happen straight away. You've got to put that work in. So when it does happen, you value it so much more, don't you? Yes, that's right. Absolutely. You mentioned that you use Zwift as part of your training. Are you all on Strava? Do you follow each other's training? I mean, some people are very private about their training and you you don't find them on Strava at all. Uh, But actually, Strava's it's such a good, um, especially the training log uh, part of it, you look at that picture of what you've done in the last month and the, the right circles, and it gives you a very good pattern of if you've been a bit low on something or you haven't done something you should have done. So I like the pattern of that. And I, I'm, a, I'm a competitor. So all winter on Strava, I'm just race, 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 race. I'm not training properly. I'm just racing people because I like doing that. Brilliant. I don't want to stereotype Welsh weather, but do you do a lot of training indoors? And if so, you've mentioned Zwift. How does that fit in with the training plan? Yeah, Welsh weather, it's the only, the only difference really about Welsh weather, it doesn't rain quite so much on the coast as it does a few miles inland. But the thing about Wales is you look out the window and you think, it's going to be this kind of a day, right, this is what I'm going to do. Half an hour later, it's completely different. An hour later, it's different again. Would you talk us through then why Ironman Wales? I mean, I know the answer to this question, because my opinion is why not. But why Ironman Wales? What's the specific target? What's brought you to this? So I've always said never. No Ironman. Too far. Silly. Of course, once you've done your first half... Then you think, well, okay, so what What else is there then? And I, and I was talking to some of the guys down here, uh, and they said, oh, yeah, you, you fine, you could do it. It was after um, after half Ironman Swansea last year. Is it right that nobody of your age has completed Ironman before? Uh, that's right, yeah. And most people say to me, well, there's a reason for that. What do your friends think? Uh, my triathlete friends think it'll be fine. My wife, uh, not really terribly happy about it. Yeah, she's all right, but she knows... Something's got to keep me motivated. <laughs> okay. And what has triathlon given you, you know, since you took it up in your 60s? Well, first of all, I'll tell you about the contrast. I mean, the running community, I'm sure someone will be listening, so I don't try not to insult anybody, but they're a bit, they're a bit one-dimensional, as are all single-sport communities. I mean, I used to race rallycross cars back when I was a kid, and it was all, you go to the pub for a drink, and it was rallycross, this noise, that. Nobody could talk about anything else. Triathletes, are, uh, they're much more interesting people. So we've made a lot of, both of us have made a lot of social contacts with mostly younger triathletes, because most of them are younger. Um, and there's, you know, quite a big community and social gathering and organising of things to do, not just triathlon things, but barbecues on the beach. And basically, I mean, my social, certainly 70% of my social contact down here is through triathlon and an associated running club. So that's, that's you know, that's what our life centres around, really. Kids, grandkids, triathlon, nothing much else. <laughs> Sounds plenty to me. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you think, Daniel, but like Alex seems a modest sort of guy, but what an achievement. What an achievement. I think you're severely underplaying your hand, Alex. The, the fact that you're prepared to put yourself through Ironman training and then you still have the Super Series targets in mind next year, which is the, probably the polar opposite, isn't it? Short and intense, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's a little bit, I mean, in a way, there's something, the only thing that's a little bit negative about that is, is actually I got fed up with traveling to events. I've got round to rather liking racing fairly locally because there's support and you haven't got to travel too far. And, it's, and that's, that's, whether that's old age or post-COVID or, or I don't know what it is. One thing, Mark, I would say uh, about the different events and anybody starting up or getting back into triathlon or whatever, there's quite a lot of difference between the social 
aspects of running, cycling and swimming. I would always prefer to run on my own. So I go into my own world and do my thinking. Whereas on a bike, you'd rather be with two or three people. And swimming also is easier to do in a group. So you kind of have that choice between those three sports. If you feel like being on your own, go for a long run. Um, if you want to be a company, go swimming or go on a bike. Brilliant. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for being with us today. I've learned a lot. It's been brilliant. I think my main takeaway is I hope I'm as active as you are at your age because that is genuinely inspiring. So thank you very much for your time. I'm just imagining him running down that red carpet in Tenby and him being over the moon that he's got that finish. He seems like he's got that drive. He seems like he's experienced. And what a what a story. I just hope people can hear the, those undertones of he's not been an elite athlete all his life. Yes, he's been active, but then he's turned to triathlon and triathlon's benefited him physically in his fitness, but also socially in the social groups. And even then he was talking about he missed an open water swim session to be on this podcast. We're very grateful to him, but he's probably doing that with the group as well. I think the sport brings so much more to people than just the actual training and racing. That's so cool to hear. What, what a guy. Our second member guest also came to triathlon from a single sport, this time from swimming. Kate Hutchinson was an elite swimmer, making the Commonwealth Games in 2010 on the same team as Becky Adlington. She came to triathlon just two years ago, and when I spoke to her, she'd only just come back from the Europeans in Madrid, where she'd had a catalogue of bad luck. Went out to do the European Triathlon Championships and on the morning of the event, we were told that it was going to be a duathlon due to adverse weather conditions and the quality of the lake that we were going to be swimming in. As a swimmer, you know, I do normally get my kind of lead on the swim. So that was a little bit of a unnerving news to me to have to do a five kilometer run first, followed by the 40k bike and the 10k run after. Um, but I sort of wrapped my head around it, was was quite up for it, did the 5k, felt really strong, sort of came in with the front pack. Uh, got into transition, went to put my helmet on and the strap clean broke off in my hand. <laughs> so <laughs> straight away, obviously, you know, was was really panicked and, and I sort of was gesticulating at the marshal saying, you know, can anyone help? I shouted at the spectators, can I, has anyone got a spare helmet? And some wonderful uh, age grouper said, oh, I've got one. And he threw his helmet at me managed to get the helmet on uh, the the marshal sort of said you've had outside help now so that's going to be a you know a penalty that you'll have to take on the run i thought oh hopped on went about two kilometers up the road and my gears had, had sort of been uh, changing by themselves and i thought oh, goodness me what is this now and the chain dropped and instead you know normally you're able to hop off and pop the chain back on but it unfortunately got jammed down the side and uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what happened still uh, but all I know is that I wasn't able to fix it myself so I had to sort of do the walk of shame back to transition uh, you know with my head hung low and my bike and yeah I had to pull out unfortunately. And there perfectly sums up to me the joy and the frustrations of competing in a sport that involves three disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was something completely out of my control. There was nothing I could have done about it. You know, for my equipment to fail on such a, not just not just one way, but two ways, it obviously wasn't meant to be that day. What have you learned from your experience there? So I suppose make sure that I get a full bike check. 
before I compete. I had noticed that, you know, there was something strange happening with the gears before I actually went out to Madrid. So I knew that it was safe to ride, but obviously there, were, there was an underlying problem. So it would just definitely be to kind of, you know, get in there with a with a full bike check before I actually compete. Um, I think also that the helmet strap broke, perhaps because it was leather and it was out in the sun. So that might be something else that I've kind of learned about actually, you know, racking your bike in the UK is a is completely different you don't have, really have to think about tire pressure you don't have to think about your equipment being out there but it was baking hot um so it might just be you know kind of think about the weather as well so Kate you were a swimmer since the age of seven you competed at county level national level and then in 2010 you made the Commonwealth Games team in Delhi it was a notorious Games, wasn't it Delhi because of the accommodation issues and unfinished building work but it still must have been a really proud moment for you. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I tried to look past all that. And to be honest, I was quite a late bloomer. So I was 20 when I did that race, which was actually quite an old athlete, I suppose, in some ways uh, for a swimmer. Um, and so I just really embraced it all. Not everything was perfect, but I think that added to the charm of the experience. And uh, I actually got in the final, uh, which was never expected either. I wasn't a sort of a medal hope- hopeful. It was just more kind of, amazing to actually be there at the event itself and what was your stroke what was your best stroke uh i i used to do 200 medley and 400 medley bit of everything really so swimming came to an end as it often does like in your your sort of early 20s how did you get into trying i had a long break after swimming it's something that requires a lot of training i just wanted a clean break so I actually didn't do anything competitive for a few years. And then I went traveling. I was in Australia. I got into CrossFit uh, and that kind of reignited that competitive side of things. And I do sort of remember seeing a few ex-swimmers sort of on Instagram and on Facebook were starting to do triathlons. And I was kind of looking at them and thinking, wow, you know, that, that looks really fun. It looks really hard, but really fun, you know, and I'm a glutton for punishment. So it was something that I immediately wanted to do. Unfortunately, you know, I kind of got excited about it in like 20 at the back end of 2019. So, you know, and then COVID hit and I wasn't able to act on any of it, but I think them being stuck inside for, for a year and kind of not feeling like I was able to do any of that, you know, as soon as we were able to kind of get back out there, I bought my first road bike and I just entered uh, Leeds triathlon and, and went from there really. How did you do in that first Leeds? Yeah, so I, I, I did really well, actually. Um, in my age group, I came third um, and I qualified for the World Championships at that race. It was really down to the swimming. I think that, you know, I kind of sort of came out first on on after the swim, uh, just sort of held on then on the bike and just had a really good time. Um, and then, you know, the, the run then obviously was a little bit more natural as well. Everyone there was was incredibly friendly. So I just fell in love with it there and then, to be honest. And you've become an age group ambassador. Tell us about that and what that entails. Yeah, so the age group um, ambassadorship, um, sort of with five other athletes um, who are all age groupers of different uh, ages in different categories. Um, we're working with um, British Triathlon, um, Yellow Jersey, the uh, cycling insurance company. Um, and we're also working with OTE, uh, who do sports nutrition as well. Um, and essentially, it's just really about sharing our journey across the course of the year uh, that we're ambassadors. So we do that via social media and then also kind of through uh, the things that we do outside, uh, you know, in our 
regular lives and um, trying to get people uh, involved in triathlon and it's just about really kind of sharing what I'm doing and, and sort of promoting you know the, the concept of being a, a GB athlete you know and I, I kind of was definitely heavily influenced by seeing other people become GB athletes um, and since I've become a, an age grouper you know uh, I've had several friends you know uh, join me on that journey as well um, because really you know just putting your name down to qualify is it you know it's it's it could anyone could do it really you know um there's there's a real high chance that you could be selected for a team so um because there's lots of different qualification events um so yeah that's been really really good to be a part of and obviously you wore the team england badge at the commonwealth games uh, back in 2010 yeah. but you get that same buzz do you from from the the national gb badge age group triathlon yeah definitely i mean it's obviously different because now i feel you know back back then it was a sense of pride um you know for being the very very top of you know in in the country and, and kind of being elite in that sense you know now i'm really really proud to to wear that uh, gb badge because i also am managing you know a full time job and and lots of responsibilities you know in my regular day to day life and actually I, you know i feel an incredible sense of pride to kind of be around like lots of other people who, you know, have incredibly busy lives, you know, none of us are able to commit full time to the sport. And I actually think that that kind of makes it really special, you know, and that we are all kind of succeeding in, in the best ways that we possibly can. So yeah, it definitely gives me a a really real big sense of pride. How do you sell the sport then to your pupils at school or your colleagues in the staff room? (laughs) It's a hard one because I don't think that anybody enjoys the pain quite as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. um, I suppose I sell it as being kind of an opportunity to become part of a community, first of all. You know, I think that that is, you know, a huge aspect of it. Um, it's I kind of sell it as like being about the different sports as well. So the way I got into it, it it's through the training. I think that the training is so special for triathlon. The fact that you can you know, uh, go out for a run and it's, it's completely free. First of all, you know, you can do it from your doorstep. You can, you can go out any time of day and you can factor it into your busy life. Obviously cycling is a little bit different, but I think that, you know, it's about that, that kind of experience of like getting out into the open, um, you know, sort of seeing some of the beauty of, of, of the UK. Um, that's really, really special as well. Um, so I, I do sell it that way. And then I also think that a lot of people, you know, they really do want to challenge themselves. And I think that they want a kind of a goal to work towards. And I think a triathlon is a really, really good sort of uh, goal for people to set because not everybody wants to win. But, you know, you can sort of feel a great satisfaction from just completing a triathlon as well. And I think because there are lots of sort of different disciplines within you know, the, the the triathlon itself. So you could do a duathlon or an aqua bike or an aquathon. You know, I think that kind of appeals to a lot of people who might not be able to uh, sort of run anymore because they've got dodgy hips or something like that. You know, there are lots of kind of other ways that you can be involved in the tri- the sport of triathlon without having to do swim, bike and run as well. Oh, well said, Kay. It's been great talking to you. Uh, good luck next time out. I think you've earned some luck after... <laughs> what happened in Spain? Thank you so much. I really hope that um, it goes a little bit smoother next time. I'm hoping that got got rid of all the all of the bad luck all on the same day. <laughs> yeah, all in one go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Thanks for chatting to us. Thank you so much. That's Kate Hutchinson, age group ambassador, 
Uh, Daniel, I can't believe the bad luck that she had at the Europeans. And it got me wondering if you've ever had any experiences like that on race days. Well, nothing quite so unlucky as Kate, I don't think. That was a real uh, series of unfortunate events. I think you do make your own luck. And so therefore, most of my bad luck has been through poor preparation, either rushing on race morning or just forgetting something. Uh, I don't think I've had anything anything more serious than forgetting to put lube on my neck and therefore getting a chafed neck or forgetting a piece of equipment that isn't vital to your performance but would be helpful, like maybe that extra gel you wanted on the bike or those sorts of things. But touch wood, I've never had anything go majorly wrong other than a couple of bike mechanicals, but you can't really predict those. Yeah, and it's like preparing, as Kate was saying there, you know, she's a swimmer. She's going for triathlon and suddenly the swim gets cancelled uh, on the morning of the event. Getting over that is, is, is something. And I guess mentally you've got to be prepared for things that might happen. Being able to deal with change is such a massive thing in the sport because these things happen. We see swims you know, being cancelled or amended due to either temperature or um, water quality or all these different things, as well as other areas of event being changed so you just got to really be on your toes and be, be able to adapt to these changing situations well i've loved both our guests today but it's time for us to wrap up i've really enjoyed meeting kate and alex if you are in the age group community or the triathlon community and you think you have a story to share please do get in contact with any of us my email address is daniel ward at britishtriathlon.org feel free to reach out to me and uh, we are, i'm looking forward to us meeting, meeting some more interesting people mark And for membership tier details, go to britishtriathlon.org. And one of the benefits of membership is early access to this podcast. But that's it for this one. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time.